Howdy, howdy, y'all. I'm Curtis Sunset. And I'm Leo Halston. And, and this is Weathery Rainbows. <laughs> well, howdy, howdy, Miss Halston. Let's go for a walk on the Rainbow Trail. Oh, no. The last time you forgot the umbrellas and got us into a whole heap of trouble. I won't forget this time. Let's go. Howdy, howdy, y'all, and welcome back to Weathering Rainbows. Uh, I'm your host, Curtis Sunset, and this is your other host, Leah Austin. And we are excited to be back. Uh, we've got a special interview uh, with our youngest guest yet. Um, Marcus Maki um, is a transgender individual that uh, helped fight their... I wouldn't say fight, but helped change uh, the graduation gowns uh, at mm. his school. Um, oh, so nice. kind of a little, uh, you know, advice from a young person. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. But first, uh, we still have some pride questions that we've got to answer. Um, mm. These are This is going to be our last round of this. Um, we did pull the best ones that we felt were the best. Um, and we're going to answer four on this show. So oh. the first one that was submitted, um, have you ever had feelings for your best friend? I'm going to let you kick this one off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I have many best friends and I have some good friends and I have some good Judy's. Um, it's hard because one of my good Judy's listening to this podcast, but I don't think it's a secret that he knows that I kind of liked him because that's how our friendship started uh, mm-hmm. with me liking him and us meeting at the quarry and stuff. But uh, then we became really good friends. So, um, yeah. And, it, yeah, and it's not weird at all. It's not weird at all uh, because we, we laugh and we talk about it. And so, but the weird, the weird thing is... Uh, about two years ago, uh, what is that chalk? There's a uh, something that happens here in August. The chocolate, um, ch- chocolate festival. Uh, yeah, it's something chocolate, um, and it's uh, I Simone DJs, and I am I perform, and there was a guy I met there. He works one of the candy companies, and uh, so we ended up exchanging numbers there and talking. And like the first night he came over for a day, I was like. This may sound weird, but you look like one of my really, really good friends. And I was like, he was like, is that a good thing? I was like, it's a good thing because I kind of like had a crush on him, but we're really good friends now. But like, sex was so good. Ooh. <laughs> okay. But 
so Judy, you took it a step further with you. I know, I know. <laughs> but but Judy, if you're listening to this, you already know because my I, my Judy do listen to this. Yeah. But but he he know he knows uh, yeah. that you know. I think that's in the beginning. Pretty, yeah, I think that's pretty normal. Like I think we all like you're gonna always wonder and have feelings for your friends. Like yeah, and. Even and I think that's because like you even the ones that you are just platonically involved with like yeah there's no romance or anything you always just have these like what ifs in the back yeah. of your mind like what if like this was meant to go further or yeah uh, but like for me I am like a hardcore Libra so like yeah for me within the first like five minutes of meeting somebody like I have already organize them into like their compartment like yeah. this person could be a really good friend this person yeah. could be a hookup this person could be a uh, potential relationship type material yeah. um but I, th- I don't think like that is like a libra trait so yeah. i wish i had the ability to like just grow a relationship like with people yeah. just because i'm friends with them you know yeah but uh, what okay so let, let's talk about <laughs> you so your friends and your best friends, like mm-hmm. many, like in the future, what if something transpired? Like you become so good friends, and then down the line, you both figure like maybe this is the right person for me. You know, like every movie that's ever <laughs> existed on Hallmark. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, I always get really mad at any m- movies that do the whole like. Well, the gay best friends end up in a relationship. And the reason why I don't like that is because it's the it's the common stereotype that like, oh, here's a gay, here's a gay. They gotta get together. You know, like that doesn't happen in real life. Like there are gay friends. Like I have, you know, probably I would say fifteen super close gay friends that I've never slept with. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. never and and it's not going to happen because i'm such good friends with them yeah like brothers and yeah. sisters you know yeah so i think those are the ones now similar to your experience i think you can have situations where like a hookup leads to a friendship like the yeah. really good friendship that you yeah. just kind of stop doing but, sexual. okay so i want to clarify me and my judy never hooked <laughs> up we never judy judy we never hooked up we slept in the same bed and and cuddled. We never hooked up. We never oh, hooked up. No, I, I think that's normal. I think a we, lot of best friends do that. We <laughs> we we've never we've never hooked up, and I think that's what make our friendship uh, golden and strong because, like, uh, you know, it we have that respect for each other. You know, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it's no. I got to clarify. Yeah, we never hooked up. So. Yeah. But I'm what? just saying, like, you know, they always say if you have to be friends before you become mm-hmm. lovers, like, in that case, because isn't there, like, a Netflix movie that's a, that's a, the guy's mm-hmm. parents is trying to hook him up with his best friend? I, I, yeah. I was saying something about that on Netflix. I don't like watching those sappy movies like that. Because, <laughs> like you said, they're, it's not real. Like, you yeah. know. It yeah, don't it's, happen it's like hard. that because I want a fairy tale. I want to be in Nordstrom's rack and I look up and he look up and we lock eyes and 
Next thing you know, mm-hmm. we get married. Like, you know. Have your little moment. Yeah. Yeah. Your, uh, your meat cute is what they call them. The meat yeah. cutes. <laughs> so, That's why I yeah. like watching horror movies because <laughs> I can't sit up here and watch the Cinderella's and the Snow Whites and stuff and, and marry me and all this stuff because that shit is not real. I want to watch something <laughs> horror. If you can survive an <laughs> If you can survive an axe killer, you might be in love. It, it might happen. So. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, that was a great question. A random it was, question. It was a really, really good, good question. Lord, uh, my Judy going to text me and be like, what was that about? Well, let's go to a softer question. What's your favorite drink? Um, did they specify alcohol? They did huh? not. They did not. So... Okay, so I'm gonna just go. Okay, forest juice. I like. Um, I love orange juice, and I love the cranberry and the, I think it's cranberry and grape mix. Yeah, uh, that's juice. Soda. I love me a good Dr Pepper. I love a Sprite. Um, when I was drinking alcohol, we're gonna clear, we're gonna emphasize when right. I was drinking alcohol because I'm three weeks. With no alcohol, yes. Well, by the time this air, I'll be. It'll be a little bit. Okay, it'll almost be a little bit done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I pretty much drink. I'll drink anything, honestly. Uh, tequila, vodka, uh, vodka and cranberry is one of my favorites. So, mm-hmm. and I love beer and wine. Ugh. I, for me, like I loved uh, mojitos. Mm-hmm. Um, like that just was like that nice drink for me, like on the beach type of feeling. Um, I always liked amaretto sours, so okay. like, I was always like more fruity type of drinks, you know. I'm I so feel masculine. like I wasn't <laughs> at the boot. I feel like I wasn't at the boot. So I feel like some of these questions, people trying to get to know you so they'll know what to buy. <laughs> well, if you really want to impress me, I like peach LaCroix. That's what I like. Uh, you know, LaCroix drinks. Everybody right. thinks they're disgusting, but that's what I like. I feel like that's a question. <laughs> that's a personal question. Somebody's trying to get to know you like, oh, what do you like to drink? <laughs> Ain't nobody ever tried. Like, they know I'm like the more masculine one in most of my relationships. So nobody ever buys me drinks. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> It's it, um, it's nice when somebody do that. Sometimes you gotta oh, let, yeah. you have to let people. Uh, I feel like you won't let nobody do because somebody be like, "I'll no," you be like, "No, I got it, I got it." <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to let people buy your drink. Oh yeah, yeah. Or I pay do. for a movie on occasion. You or know, pay it's... for dinner. I feel like mm-hmm. you're the first one to grab the to check when you go out to eat. Always, yeah. That's. <laughs> That's been ever uh, since I was like 18. I'm always the one that pays the bill. That's just, oh no. I don't know. That's one of those rural upbringing like things. I don't know. Let's go to this question. Um, what is, this one is tough. Uh, what is an early gay experience that you would never tell? And I, that's pretty broad. So uh, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> I mean, for me, um, like I, I mean, if you've listened to some of the podcasts, like I grew up in a house full of military uh, men. They, they were my uncles. And uh, I mean, they used to walk around the house naked and I sure was looking. So I, yeah. that's when I knew I was like, oh, what is that swinging? You know, 
Um, you know, uh, so me growing up in a house full of military, uh, men, which were my uncles, like I used to, and they didn't care. Like they were, their, their motto was we're all men. So I remember one of my aunties, uh, that was living in the house with us. Um, she, my, one of my uncles like just walked out the room with, and she was like, put a robe on. And she was, he was like, for what? He was like, we're all men. He we men, he got what I got. I got what he got. Who cares? And yeah, I'm like, wow. and, and I'm sitting there like, wow, that's big. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. This is, this is, yeah. I can tell oh, you. Yeah, and, yeah. and yeah, I was like six, six, seven, eight, you know? So I was like, wow. You know? Yeah. But I think, I mean, for me, like all of my early gay experiences, like I didn't tell anyone because I couldn't for the longest time, yeah. you know? So like, um, I think for me, like there was so much like cr hardcore crushing on like straight guys and stuff and like doing things like, you know, they walk past you in class and you like put your hand on their back. But like, you know, like little things like that, yeah. I think were like little first gay experiences that yeah. you don't really talk about because like, you feel weird that you did them. Yeah. But in all honesty, it was because of your own safety. Like you had to do those kind of things to and get that so, feeling. I don't know. So, so your, your coming up was like the movie Brokeback Mountain. Like you secretly. Know, Cause that, like Brokeback I, Mountain was hot. Like mm -hmm. I'm those kind of situations, like not knowing. And then it happened and it's like, mm -hmm. okay, fuck it happened. What did we do? The denial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the denial. And then it's like you go repent at church on yeah. Sunday. And yeah. Yeah. No, that's very similar, I think, to a lot of rural upbringings. And I think yeah. that's why there's it's so hard to find relationship material in rural areas because like they grow up in that environment to where it's just not yeah. safe. Um, so I'm hoping that changes in the future. Um, I, I while I was talking, I thought of one gay experience that I <laughs> would never tell. And honestly, I've only ever told one person and I'm still not going to tell it because the first time people are ever going to get to hear this story is when my book comes out. Your book, so, uh, well. <laughs> so I do talk about this story and I will tell you that it involves cherry chapstick. And that is all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And it wasn't kissing a girl and liking it. I can promise you that. So, no. so wait for the book. All right. Our final question before we kick it over to uh, our interview. Um, Martin asks a very important question, I think. And that is, what are you most proud of? Mm -hmm. Some of these questions were very like sincere. They're, they're, Some they're of the questions yeah. were super inappropriate, but we we were always inappropriate on this show. So like, I didn't feel like addressing Hallelujah. them. You know, you know <laughs> so, I am. You like, know I am, honey. Like they, these were the questions that really just rose, and I was like, these are great questions. Yeah. So, um, I think I'll take that first. Uh, I think what I'm more most proud of is like coming up you know, from a, uh, a dysfunctional family and, uh, parents that didn't teach me about credit and financial and stuff. And I think, um, where I'm at in life right now and who the person I've become is make that 
where I stand with being proud with yeah. myself. Yeah. I, I think for me, like that's very similar. Um, but it's like the personal growth. Um, yeah. but for me, like, I know, like I've achieved a lot in my life and I know you've achieved a lot, you know, in your life in terms of just winning things and, you know, yeah. things that people often are like proud, that's something you should be proud of. Yeah. Um, but for me as an achiever, like I could never, a lot of times like feel pride even winning those things because it was just like expected of me. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that I'm most proud of now is like my like emotional intelligence growth. Yeah. And I think like that comes from, you know, being raised in a rural area, you don't have access to education that a lot of people do. And like, so being able to step out of a rural area and learn everything that I needed to know about like mm -hmm. relationships and how to, you know, deal with a breakup and stuff like that. Cause I'll be honest, my first like few breakups were horrible, um, led me down some horrible, horrible paths, you know? Um, and it was partly because like, I wasn't emotionally mature enough to be in a relationship. Yeah. Um, so like, I think the past, like, especially past like five years for me has been tremendous growth, uh, mm -hmm. just with the emotions. So that would probably be what I'm most proud of right now. Yeah. So, well, those were great questions. Um, they were really great. I enjoyed, I enjoyed all the questions. We will definitely um, allow people to ask some questions again. We might start doing that some on our Instagram account. Um, do some of those submit anonymous questions and we'll oh, answer them on God. the show. You know, fun things. Yay. Um, we'll take some naughty ones too. I mean, I'll oh, be yeah. on here. Yeah, it's it would not be our first on this show, <laughs> <laughs> honey. Y'all, I've told y'all a lot on this show. Yeah, the yeah, graveyard scene. <laughs> I my mother watches this show, and I've still revealed far too much uh, about myself. Like she knows far too much about me and things that I have done. So, but on that note, we will definitely answer more of your questions in the future. Yes. Um, but for now, let's kick it over to the interview with Marcus Maki. Howdy, howdy, y'all, and welcome back to the interview portion of Weathering Rainbows podcast, where we get to interview cool people out there doing amazing things for the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, today, we have a pretty awesome guest. It's our youngest guest yet. Um, this is Marcus Maki, and Marcus uh, has already implemented some change that we uh, have followed uh, from day one whenever he first started uh, trying to get this change at his high school. Um, and so we're going to hear a little bit about this story, and I am looking forward to Marcus uh, teaching a lot of young folk how to implement that kind of change. Uh, so Marcus, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, I'm 18. Happy to be the youngest guest so far. Um, I just graduated high school from a Catholic high school, um, and being someone who's transgender, that was really uh, difficult. I've gone to Catholic school my whole life, so it yeah. was, it's been a tough journey, um, and I'm looking forward to the next chapter. So, in my life. what was that like? Uh, you're obviously <laughs> at what, what age did you start realizing that you were transgender? Uh, yeah, as early as four. I like just feel like I've always known, but um, growing up catholic you know like my parents have never shown anything to like be disrespect like you know homophobic transphobic anything um but when you grow up around the catholic church 
there's just like that inner stigma um, and everything around you. So I didn't come out until I was a freshman yeah. in high school. So at an all girls high school at oh, that wow. point, I was really repressing everything. And then I ended up transferring to a co-ed one um, after my freshman year. Wow. Yeah. So how did that talk with your parents go? Obviously, this is uh, your freshman year and you're in an all-girls school. So how did that go? Yeah. Um, so I came out to my mom first, and that was a really re- – I was so random. I wasn't expecting to come out. It just kind of happened. Um, and it was like a short conversation that carried into the next day because it was like midnight. And she's like, I have I have work tomorrow. I can't <laughs> – you know. Um, so I – did that, um, told my dad, and then slowly started telling the rest of the family. Um, but it was hard because it was January of my freshman year, so I still had a couple months left. I'm not going to transfer in the middle because that would have been really hard. And I was, my plan was to stay another year at that school. Um, and then I think it was when there were, when there was a, like a two, one or two weeks left of school, I ended up telling my mom, like, I need to leave. I can't you know, be in an all-girls school anymore. And I had a lot of other drama going on that year with some people. So I decided, you know, let's transfer. And it was, it happened in like the last couple weeks that it happened. And then I ended up going to a school right next to my house, the school my dad went to, my aunt went to, you know, so it was a family school. Um, But it was, yeah, it was, it was a lot, but they were definitely just awesome. That's great about everything. I was, I'm really lucky to have oh, yeah. the parents that I did. That is definitely true. That's, that's amazing that you've got parents like that, that are supportive. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I yeah. believe your dad was the one that, uh, went to the Harry Styles concert, right? Was it? No, uh, actually I went with one of my best friends. Okay. Okay. My dad's the one that scored, scored me the tickets. There though. we go. <laughs> he's, he's in the restaurant and He's in the restaurant industry, so he's got connections everywhere. So That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, let's tell a little bit about that story because I always tell people, sometimes the people we bring on our show are individuals we have randomly met uh, on what I call the Rainbow Trail. Um, and I know that, that this is a little fun story. Um, I've, you met our co-producer, Amy. Uh, yeah. Do you want to tell a little bit about that? Oh, my gosh. That was so the Harry Styles concert was back in September and it was the first concert I'd gone to in years. Like even before COVID I had been to a concert in forever. So I was so excited. I had gotten those tickets like a week or two before COVID hit. So I had waited over like a year for this concert, almost, almost two years. And my dad got me the tickets. It was, it was a huge deal. I was going with one of my, my best friends. We get there. And we were like, oh, we've got two open seats next to us. You know, hopefully no one comes so we can like be all like we can dance and everything. And and here comes Amy and her friend who's got kids down in the pit. And I would not have had it any other way. It was like it was so fun. That entire concert, just talking about every single song that came on. And um, I mean, it was a great experience just to be at a Harry Styles concert, but to be around so many people that you know are just accepting of everything because that's Harry's fan base. Oh yeah. Um and then Amy being next to me, we were just talking throughout the whole thing. Uh, got a <laughs> selfie in the middle of one of the songs. I'm like, I don't really know who you are, yeah. but sure, let's take a photo. <laughs> um it was yeah, that was really that awesome. that is our co producer. She makes friends wherever <laughs> she goes. So 
Yeah. I'm sure she was dancing in her kitchen for to Harry Styles for at least two weeks prior to that and a bunch of other stuff. So, but uh, yeah. And you'll also be really excited to know that my uh, Kentucky Anna Pride look this year was inspired by Harry Styles. So his, his little awesome. red cherry outfit, yeah. you're going to see something similar. Okay. So. <laughs> Okay. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> so I want to talk about uh, the reason we brought you on the show. Obviously, you mm-hmm. are only 18, but you brought mm-hmm. forth a, a change in policy that had, I mean, had gone back as far as the school really was in existence. Um, so can you talk about the yeah. graduation and, and what led up to this policy change? Yeah. So um, at my school, it has been since probably, I, I'm pretty sure it was there when my dad was there, and that was a long time not to date my dad. <laughs> um, but the school's been open for the school's been open for over 70 years, and it's been the same policy for probably that long. And it's where um, the girls wear white and the boys wear red. Mm-hmm. And I, it's um, that was something that I didn't really know until my junior year, and. I found out because one of my really good friends who's a year older than me, he graduated last year and he had um, ordered a red robe. He's also trans and he paid for a red robe, but they gave him a white one. Wow. And so um, my friend Megan, who was at the Harry Styles concert, uh, her brother had graduated the year before and had his red robe. So gave it to my friend who was graduating and he showed up in it and he got yelled at in front of the entire school at the cathedral here in St. Louis. And That's ridiculous. It was a really big scene. And they um, almost didn't let him walk, but it was, a, it was really awesome that the class before me was full of really awesome people that were so supportive and they all rallied behind him um, out front, out inside of church. And it was, it was really awesome to see that. But after that happened, it was, that was spread around and they were like, if this ever happens again, if they show up in the wrong robe, they won't be able to walk at graduation. So, you know, walk up, get your diploma, get your photo taken. And so that's when I started getting really nervous um, because I obviously really wanted to be able to walk up the aisle at my graduation, which I've been working towards my whole life. Yeah. And um, so it started all the way back before October. I wrote up my petition I got all of this research done. Um, I asked around different people from the school, their opinions, just to see, like, you know, if people would actually sign it. And so once I finally got the draft finished, um, I revised it. And I was like, okay, I need to take more than one approach to this. And that was um, an approach of it's not just a trans issue to where, you know, like, anyone should be able to wear the same color. But I found out from one of my teachers that the reason that the color white was for the girls was to symbolize virginity and purity. Yeah. So it's like, why are you holding the girls to that standard and not the guys? Because it takes two people to be pure, you know? So I let, I put that into my thing to help get more people to sign. And then I also just threw in the fact, you know, I know that a lot of my friends um, didn't want to wear white because they wouldn't be able to wear a fun color under it because it's really see-through. Yeah. Um, so I just threw that in. But I put a lot of statistics just about the effect of not being supported in your school and what that does to people. And I made sure I cited all my sources from, you know, I followed 
everything all of my English teachers have taught me with writing a good argumentative essay and um and I presented it to my principal vice principal and the president of my school and I had met one-on-one -on -one with my principal about it talked it over and that was in October and then it was handed over to the president of my school who then didn't reach out to me um until a month before my graduation wow and then that's yeah so i went from october all the way till late april thinking i'm not even gonna walk at my graduation and i you know i decided if i can't i'm just not gonna go to my graduation i'll pick up my diploma and i'll celebrate with my family at home and i didn't want that to be the case but I'm not going to show up to my graduation wearing something that I shouldn't have to. Yeah. So I finally got um, a response back after I had sent numerous emails and then my mom had to get involved and she's, she's not one to mess with. <laughs> um, and so we um, all went, yeah, she's, she was awesome. We all went and sat down to talk about it at um, school in the morning. So if it went, poorly i would have had to stay at school the rest of the day yeah. and that would have not been fun and we go there and they have a priest there and everything it's like oh gosh they're gonna try to like <laughs> i don't know what they're gonna do but i was worried about that and um the way that they started off the president of my school goes we just want you to know that we do care about you here i was like that's oh, that's not off to a good start. yeah um but then he said that they were gonna let me wear the red robe and then he was rambling and then uh my um, principal, who I hadn't really seen eye to eye with the two years that she worked there, she came there last year. Um, she said some things that were that really put us on a good path to leave the school, um, to leave the school with. And she told us that they are going to be completely revising the whole robe situation from now on. It's incredible. Um, and figuring out what what it's going to look like. So either everyone's going to wear one color, or you just get to pick whatever you want to wear. And they're just trying to find ways that they can go about being supportive of everyone while still following um, the guidelines that they have to being a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. And that was really awesome. And it was just, I mean, I had over, I think over 600 signatures online from people across the world um, because it, it reached other countries, which I was really surprised about. Yeah. And then multiple different states. And then I had, I think, 200 signatures from the 300 kids at my school. And it was just, I'm just really glad that it happened because I know that that's just going to help yeah. so many kids because there was a lot of kids at my school that just don't feel supported. And even if it's a red robe that can help a kid, that, that was huge. That was huge yeah. for me. Let's let's so, talk about that. I know yeah. um, you've got a couple of signatures sitting with you on, on camera, and I know I wrote a, a yeah. response to that. And a lot of people would look at this as it's just the color of a robe, you know, and, you know, mm -hmm. especially people that don't understand how that would have affected you if you would have had to, if you would have, would have been forced to wear a white robe, something that's not truly you. It's not it's not who you mm -hmm. are. And so can you kind of go yeah. into, you know, what that truly meant to you to be able to wear that red robe? Yeah. So I was really fortunate growing up that um, I was always able to wear whatever I wanted. My, you know, my mom really liked that I 
liked more masculine clothes because it meant I just wore my brother's hand down. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <laughs> so it's it saved it saved her a bunch of money. Um, you know, in elementary school, I wore the boys like um, uniform, and then in fifth grade, I had to wear the girls' uniform one day. One day, I had to wear it because we were doing something where um, all the girls had to look the same and all the boys had to look the same. So keep in mind, this is years before I came out. And I told my mom, like, I'm not going to wear that. Wow. I'm not wearing the girl's uniform. And she, not knowing anything, went up to the school and she, like, talked with them and, like, begged them to not have me wear it. And I had to wear it. It was horrible. I think I wore it for a total of two hours. And then I went home, played with a friend for a bit, and then, like, cried myself to sleep over wearing something for two hours. Wow. So, um... And this was in fifth fifth I think grade. That was that was fifth grade. Wow. Um, and so and that was for something that you know isn't celebrating a big milestone. That was for something at a church. Like <sighs> we were we had to all say the rosary or something. Wow. It was yeah. It was it was not it was nothing serious. So knowing how upset I got over that when I found out about this policy, I was I mean I cried so much um with it and it was really frustrating because it's not who I am you know like I'm not a girl why should I have to wear something that only the girls wear right and it just took me back to fifth grade but being a senior in high school you know you can't have your mom fight all your battles and so I think for me it not only meant a lot to wear the red robe but that I got there like fighting for myself and not having other people fight my battles. That was like something that really meant a lot to me is that I pushed so hard for it and it just, I just don't know what I would have done. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, especially cause my freshman year, there was only one uniform to wear at the all girls school and it was a skirt. And I was so deep in the closet until I came out and I had to put on this face every day that I was okay. And so I had just had so much, Bad memories of having to wear things that I didn't identify with that I could I just couldn't. right and I feel like it would it was destroying me mentally yeah um I can't yeah. I mean I think one thing that I would like to point out to our viewers is a lot of times it, it's really hard to put yourself in other people's shoes and like just as you're talking about this I'm trying to think about like okay what if I had gone 18 years of my life because you know I identify as the gender that I was born as but what if I had mm-hmm you know, even, even identifying as a male all this time, if they had told me that I had to wear a dress to graduation and, you know, out of nowhere, how would that have made me feel when it comes to just Mm -hmm. all of a sudden one day I've lived my life this this way for 18 years. And then one day they're telling me that I have to make a public appearance as something that I am not. Yeah. So, I mean, that to me just kind of, it brings that like chill factor of, you know, you've lived your whole life this way. And, for them to force these policies on you is just, it's traumatizing. So I appreciate that what you've gone through and the the burdens that you have like had to deal with to make that policy go away for, for those future kids. Cause I mean, you don't, you you know, there's so many kids that are from, from you down. I mean, you've named two that were prior to you that, you know, that dealt with this. Mm -hmm. So 
the amount of change that you made just in one school is incredible. And, and I want you to realize that even though you're 18, that is huge, you know, for ongoing. Um, so one thing we do on this show is we do an advice section, basically a a do's and don'ts. Mm -hmm. Uh, now I know you're 18, (laughs) but you're already making some big impacts. So, um, I like to hear 18s give advice because a lot of times they teach me more than the people of my own age. So, <laughs> so what advice do yeah. you have for us? So I'm going to be talking my advice is about being anything really LGBT while in school. Yeah. Um, and I'll be doing some, some good do's and don'ts. Yeah. Um, my first piece of advice is um, when I first came to my new school, I was like, I have no idea what teachers are going to be supportive of me, especially being in a Catholic establishment. So for originally, I emailed all of the teachers I had saying, just letting you know, I go by my last name because all my life I've gone by my last name. It was like a nickname all throughout grade school because of sports. There were a lot of kids on my team that had the same uh, legal name that I had and everything like that. So I just let them know, like, okay, I go by this. And all of them were fine with that. Like, okay, you know, that's fine. And I let that go for about a month. Um, and then I asked around. So my first piece of advice is to ask around and see who your allies are in school. Because even in the Catholic school, I had way more supportive teachers than unsupportive teachers. Yeah. It was awesome. And I would just slowly tell them. And it was awesome because I had this place to land if I was having a rough day, especially with everything going on this past year um my teachers couldn't say support publicly or else they'd lose their job which is kind of stupid um but if i needed someone to talk to they were all there that's great and that was a really big thing so just go out ask around because there's there's people that are there and that was especially people that you don't expect actually my religion teacher this year um one of the most supportive teachers i've ever had that's incredible um, it's always and, those that you don't yeah, expect so that end up being like the ones that are amazing. just so amazing that, that's one of yeah. my <laughs> yeah yeah i just i don't know what i would have done without her this past year um just because i've always just really not liked my religion classes <laughs> um but she was she was wonderful and so that's my first piece of advice is to just ask around because there's there are people that are going to support you whether it's teachers some people in administration friends um, just, just ask, yeah. ask around, ask your friends. Cause especially when you transfer, you don't know any of these people you're, but people who have had them for a year or two years, they know them. I think that's some great advice. Um, my next, yeah. My next piece is, um, something I learned in high school is advocate for yourself and others and not have your parents fight every single Very true. battle. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I mean, in elementary school, anytime I had a problem, it's like, oh, mom, I need you to call, like, oh, mom, I need you to do this, I need you to do that. So when I got to high school, I was like, oh, I'm going to try to be a little more independent. And then freshman year came, and that didn't really happen. So then when I transferred schools, um, you know, I felt like I grew up a lot from 15 to 16 with some stuff I went through. So I... um ended up just anything that came up I was like I can handle this I was like are you sure I can get involved I'm like no I got this and I really think that that helps me grow as a person absolutely Um, because you know I I gotta you can't always have other people 
Yeah, I got to pause you there to tell a quick story. And I, I think you're on track to become a lawyer. That's that's my opinion. Um, <laughs> as a lawyer, I can see future lawyers, you know, so. But uh, when I was in fifth grade or not fifth grade, when I was in kindergarten. So when I was in kindergarten uh, and this is a really random advocacy thing, but they took away the ketchup bottles. So like we couldn't have ketchup bottles to like at lunchtime, they were starting to only give out little ketchup packets. Well, I had like friends that like sat at our table with disabilities and they were having trouble like opening the ketchup packets. And so they couldn't, you know, and they refused to give them ketchup bottles so that they could put ketchup on their plates. And so like I went home and was like talking to my mom about this and she's like, well, why don't you go say something? And uh, so like one day she took me up to the principal and she's like, now you're going to do it. And I, and she's like, you don't have to be afraid of them. They put on pants just like you do. <laughs> and so like that, let that that started my advocacy from kindergarten to now and now i'm a lawyer and that's what i do so i think you're on track that's all i gotta say <laughs> that's hysterical i nowhere in my past uh is being a lawyer i'm gonna i'm going to school to be a teacher <laughs> same thing same thing um, just different people it's, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but really gonna make me sound like a lawyer not for <laughs> the next part of everything uh my final piece of advice is you know what really helped me with getting the robe change policy at my school was the amount of research i did and when you have a problem it's really best i found um to just look at the situation evaluate everything that's going on and then go to the people in charge because if i had just you know shown up to my principal's office and been like, this is, you know, making me mad, you know, this is pissing me off. I, yeah, I would have gotten absolutely nowhere. And um, that was one thing that she commented on uh, to what really wanted them to change was how well, you know, all of my information was um, put together. And I just, you know, if you're going to fight a battle, you got to make sure you're actually prepared for it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really cool. Like what, what you did, did in terms of like, you put forth so many different points of view. And mm -hmm. I think that's really important whenever advocating for any change is the fact that even if you don't convince them on your point or because of, you know, whatever beliefs that they might have, a lot of times you can show them that it's just bad policy. It's, it's not good for mm -hmm. anybody. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that's what you did here. And, and really that's what promoted this change. So that's great. So what don'ts mm -hmm. advice do you have yeah. for us? I feel like one is I saw this in one freshman at my school this year who their first day of school, like their, it wasn't even their first day of school, it was their orientation. They came and they automatically like, uh, you know, they, a teacher would be like, oh, you must be this person. And they just, they automatically like slam with, no, that's not what I go by. No, this, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> you gotta slow down. Um, I feel like for me every time i've come out to people because you know i've i have a i have a lot of family so yeah. it's been a lot of times that i've had to come out to people or going somewhere and them thinking that they know that my old name is you know my name still and i've really found that you know sometimes you do have to be aggressive there's been times with my family that i've really had to be like listen you guys aren't trying and um, but when you first meet a person, especially when you're trans, they don't know. Right. And that's something that I had to learn was 
they just they don't know automatically they're not um especially at a catholic school you know when you're filling out information there's no line that says preferred name preferred pronouns like it is everything is what's on your legal documents and um that was really frustrating for me i feel like growing up just i wanted to tell all these people like no that's not what i go by um when i came out but you just have to remember that you know not everyone knows who i am automatically and you just you need to show people in a way that's respectful because if you want respect you gotta be respectful and that's something that i had to learn oh yeah like it's very very true yeah um my next piece of advice is also for the trans community um i think my my the first couple months that i was out i did struggle a bit with my family um because i was 15 i think when i came out so you know 15 years of my life that my parents knew me as one thing and i expected them to change overnight we all um, yeah <laughs> well yeah and i did not realize until during covid i did a lot of reflection over everything i hadn't realized when you come out it's not your individual transition especially when you have parents that grew up and you know my dad grew up in a very catholic household um catholic italian went to church every single day and all of that my mom grew up in nebraska so you know good old towns not a lot of yeah um so um it was an adjustment but it was never like they were disrespectful about it and they'd slip up and i i have no memory of this just because i block out a lot of stuff from that time in my life where i gave my dad the silent treatment for like a month or two because he couldn't get my pronouns correct and that was fault on mine because he was trying so hard and i just i shut him down like i didn't even want to see that he was trying i just saw that he would mess up yeah and that's a really big piece of advice i have because it's not just your own transition it's your family's and unless they are doing it on purpose which i've had i have family members that really don't try but i mean when i first came out you know i can't expect my parents who have probably never i don't think they had ever been around someone who's trans before they didn't really know much about it so whereas me i've been researching being trans since i figured out how a computer works right yeah. um and so i think i just it was so important for me to realize okay this is not only me who was making a transition in their life my parents had to come along this they coming along this journey with me and that's a really big piece of it yeah i think that's a very good piece yeah. of advice especially for younger people because yeah. we all we mm-hmm. all did even if you're not going through a trans even if you're just lgbtq across the board yeah. we expect people to change mm-hmm. overnight you know we we do like we're yeah. now this person that they didn't know or they didn't identify mm-hmm. for you know all of our lives and we expect well we've come out to them we did the hard part but in all honesty it's it's there's hard parts for everybody, even people that we, you know, our family members and stuff like that to come to terms with uh, mm-hmm. some of these things. So I think it's great advice. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my last piece of advice, I give this to anyone. You've probably had this on the podcast before, but um, this is for anyone who listens that 
probably that might not even be um, part of the community is to just go to therapy. Yeah. Have someone that you can talk to because that therapy saved my life. Yeah. I started going to therapy when I was in seventh grade. I didn't even tell my therapist I was trans. Like she, I didn't <laughs> tell her until after I told, I don't think I told her until a week before I told my parents. Wow. Um, but after, you know, I just therapy is a lifesaver and it's great to have a person, you know, that is supportive and is there specifically to help you thrive. That's really yeah. So who thing. was the first person you told? Was it the therapist mm-hmm. or was it others before then? No. So the reason, one of the reasons I took so long to come out was because the first person I was going to tell was my aunt, uh, but she passed away um, when I was in fifth grade. Yeah. And so um, she actually passed away a couple months after the incident with the girl's uniform. And it's really funny. There's a picture. It's the only picture of me in the yearbook besides my school photo, my fifth grade year. It's me in that outfit. And she's sitting behind me. And so it's like, you know, it's one of the last photos I have with her. Um, mm. But she was she was my biggest support system in life. And I was going to come out to her in April. Wow. And she passed away in February. So it was, I don't know, losing her was like losing the one person I knew would support me through everything. So wow. Um, I hid it for a really long time. And then eventually... Um, when I really started, I, after that, I kind of started repressing. Yeah. I went really far into the closet and, um, tried to not be trans as like, you know, I tried to, I started dressing more feminine, which was horrible. Um, and then I got into a really tough place and was in the hospital because of it. And I even had an opportunity there to come out and they're like, do you identify as anything else? And I said, I still said no. It's like the reason that got me to this place, I still yeah. didn't want to admit it. And then I got out. And a month later, I told um, a friend of mine who I wasn't, I hadn't really been close to her for like a month or two, but she was still the first person I came out to. And then I came out to someone a couple weeks after that. And then it just yeah went from there. So, And I, yeah. I, I do think, that your experience is a very, is one that's similar to a lot of ours. You know, I had, you Mm -hmm. know, my first coming out was, uh, went very, very poorly, um, and took me back in the closet for two years, you know? So like a lot of us go through that. If we've got a bad reaction, that first one, it, it really ruins Mm -hmm. years of our lives, you know? Um, so I'm sorry you had to go through all that in, in, in the beginning, but, um, I definitely think you saw that as you told more and more people and that were more accepting, it becomes yeah. easier, you know, over time. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So we do another segment, um, on this show called the heap of trouble. Um, it's a time whenever you might've gotten yourself into a little bit of trouble based on being LGBTQ. Um, do you have a story for us today? Yeah. So <laughs> my sophomore year, I'm in my religion class with, a teacher who, um, I don't know what he believed in. He was always all over the place um, with everything. I mean, the first day of class, he opened the Bible and said a quote about not having sex with animals. So, like, off the bat, he was just you know, <laughs> kind of wild. And so um, I think that it was my second or third month of the school. Um, and we were talking about... Um, you know, gay people and everything like that. And he said something 
really offensive. And I had always kept my mouth shut at every other topic because I have my mom's mouth and I get in trouble <laughs> when I open it. So I opened my mouth and then he, uh, I don't even remember what the argument was. And I was it was just this whole thing. And then he started talking about being trans. And so then I really got heated and he said, I don't know, he said something about like, well, you're going to like mutilate your body. It goes against the Bible to like make changes to your body. And then I told him, yeah, then like, okay, tell that to all the teachers here who have tattoos or, you know, I was going, and then I got, so he said something else and I wish I could remember what it was because this is when the argument got really heated he's like do you want to take this outside and i <laughs> stood up um and i said yes i do <laughs> and then he stopped talking wow. and he never brought it up until yeah so wow so the teacher was like you do you yeah. want to take this outside wow oh my yeah, goodness yeah he really did not expect me to want to keep going and then the bell rang and it was i don't know if this was before your time or not but you definitely should have like taken a picture and put that like Catch me outside. How about that meme? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I would have done. Yeah. Like, that would have been all over the school. So that's awesome. Yeah. I love that story. That was, yeah, that was, <laughs> it was crazy. And then after that, I tried to be so nice because I was just like, I just need to get through this year. But after, I just put yeah. But then this past year, it was really weird. I'd pass him in the halls and he'd be so nice to me. I was like, I'm really confused by what you believe. So I'd love to chat with him outside of a Catholic school because I don't know where his head is at. My mom says he's got Napoleon syndrome because he's a really short man. <laughs> and he needs to feel superior. Like, people, so. It could be it. You never know. So yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. That, that is a great story. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about where you're going for here. I know you said you want to become a teacher. Um, I, you, yeah. where, what's, uh, what's the next steps in life for you? I'm moving to college um, in August. Um, I'm going to Southeast Missouri State. It's just a school two hours from where I live. And um, I'm really excited about it. They've got gender inclusive dorms on campus. So I'm going to be staying in a wing of um, a resident hall that has everyone in the community, like LGBT who don't feel comfortable rooming with other people. And so that, that was one reason I picked the school. I'm really glad a lot of schools are actually starting to... Mm-hmm have something like that. And so I'm going to study education and with a minor in French, and then I'm gonna go study abroad and live in France for a while. Um, my parents aren't happy about that because they don't want me to leave. Um, We're happy about that. We're gonna come see you in France. So just, <laughs> just be ready for that. <laughs> Feel free to. <laughs> Feel free to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, actually, that's what I'm I, I do think to. you brought up a good point that a lot of universities are uh, becoming more gender inclusive. They've got gender inclusive halls mm-hmm. and dorms and various things. Yeah, um, I know University of Louisville actually started that about the second year that I was there. And it was a big change mm-hmm. at that moment, um, which kind of led Louisville to be one of the like premier LGBTQ schools in the South because um, they mm-hmm. were so inclusive on a lot of a lot of new types of things. So uh, mm-hmm. so. Um, I know, too, that you have uh, been because I watched your Instagram and I love that that you're doing this and you're kind of keeping people up with like your the testosterone that you're taking, the voice changes. Yeah. Uh, can you tell mm-hmm. people like one, how that's how that's affected you? Um, and then two, where mm-hmm. can people follow you and watch your story as you get a little older and, and stuff? Yeah. 
Yeah. So I am really lucky to live in, so I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, um, uh, where the only um, transgender center, I think, like, I think out of my, you know, my area of the Midwest, because you're, you know, in the Midwest as well, um, this is one of the uh, only transgender centers is in St. Louis, and it's not even 15 minutes with the highway. So I'm really fortunate with that. I've been going there since April, my freshman year. And it was a journey to get on testosterone because I was not allowed to at a Catholic school. So I decided I will wait until three months before I graduate. And then I decided I can't wait that much longer. My mental health kind of depends on this. I had always heard from online, you know, YouTube videos that testosterone saved people's lives and you know I was like uh eh, you know like it'll make me feel a bit better I went in April my senior year to start talking about going on it um it might have been I don't know April of my junior year April of my junior year and I was like okay I'm gonna like start working towards getting towards um uh, going on hormones and then I went in December to talk to um an endocrinologist and they're like we'll get your blood work done and you can start after you turn 18 because then I didn't have to worry about getting a note from my therapist because that would have been a lot of work for her so then I had to get I had to wait until I turned 18 which was a couple more weeks and then I had to wait for insurance to approve it and then I went and got my blood work done I had to wait for my blood work to get approved and then I got the prescription written and went to Walgreens to pick it up and there was a problem with the insurance again. So I had to wait an extra day to start. And so I was so, I was just like, of course, when I'm like, you know, this close, you yeah. know, another setback. So I ended up going on a Tuesday, January 11th. So almost um, six days after my birthday. And I went to pick up my testosterone. I came home. And the second I did my first shot. I felt like this huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. It's great. And I haven't, <clears throat> I've been on it for um, five months as of um, Saturday. And it's, I have never been happier. And it really has saved my life. Um, so, yeah, I've been posting about it on, you know, my social media. It's been great being on it. You see online that, you know, all the changes that happen, but then they happen to you. And it's like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, like, you know, my voice is getting deeper. Um, Facial hair starting to grow, all these things. Um, So that's been really great. It's incredible. And then uh, as far as, yeah. So um, as far as following my story, um, my Instagram is just uh, Marcus underscore Maki. So it's pretty easy to find me there that's pretty much what all my social media is um sweet mm-hmm. and we will tag you as well so people that are yeah. that follow us can mm-hmm. can definitely go and follow you i know i've yeah. actually i've been following you for a while now since uh, the harry styles yeah. concert and i've watched you oh my watched gosh, you yeah. over this past year and um <laughs> it's been inspiring to me everything that you're doing at such a young age i think you've got a incredible future ahead of you i think you're going to bring Thank about you. a lot of change uh, in a lot of people's lives so um i'm looking forward to seeing you uh, over the next few years thank you um we do a final segment on this show um called the pot of gold uh basically it's a chance for you to ask me any question you want to ask 
Um, and then I will wrap it up with one final question to you. All right. I was just, Lucy, uh, since we talked about school and everything, um, what was it like for you, um, girl, you know, yeah. your school journey? You know, did you come out while you were in school? or? So I actually, when I was in high school, I tried to come out. Um, I tried to come out to one of my older brothers <clears throat> and it did not go well. Um, went very, very poorly because I grew up in a missionary Baptist family. Um, that brother is now a preacher, uh, of a missionary Baptist church. Um, I was the only male in my family not to be a Baptist minister. So, um, needless to say, it did not go well. Um, and he said some things that had me convinced that I was not actually gay, um, which was horrible logic but it was just because I didn't know anything else. I'd never seen or talked to anyone really in the LGBTQ community um, about those things. I just knew what, what I was kind of going through in my head and uh, dealing with a lot of it on my own. Um, I came out uh, when I was about 20 years old. So um, I waited until college. And part of that was whenever I got to college, um, I started seeing and talking to LGBTQ people. Uh, one of the first experiences I remember that was affirmative was I was actually, I was a McConnell scholar. Don't hold that against me, people out there. Um, <laughs> but I was a McConnell scholar. I had this like political program I was involved in. And on the first day of interviews, so I was this 18 uh, year old kid going through these really strenuous interviews and they had like this little outing. And one of the scholars that was there uh, asked, me he's like do you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend like so it was a straight up question of do you have one or the other like it doesn't matter like just what do you have and that was the first time I was like you know of course I was drawn back because I was like oh somebody's already figured me out you know but um, it yeah. that to me was one of the like life-changing moments for me because I realized there are people out there that don't care if I've got a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Um, so that's kind of what led me down that path of, you know, advocacy and LGBT. And, and I started doing more things for rural folk and rural kids because um, that's what they need to hear is there are people out there like us that are going to love them regardless, you know, and, um, mm -hmm. and then obviously I've gone into law since then and I've done a lot for LGBT uh, since then. I was, you know, on the fairness campaign and various things that I've done. Um, but it's a not, it's, it's a never ending process, you know, um, right now Definitely. more than ever, uh, which will lead me into my pot of gold question. Um, right now more than ever, uh, we are having a lot of policy changes on transgender rights and transgender in schools. Um, you know, the ability to play sports in schools in various States, the ability to even say gay in most States, uh, let alone trans. Um, what, this is my pot of gold question for you. Obviously, you've already conquered one uh, policy change. If there was one policy out there um, or one thing that affects you in your day-to-day -day life or, or various things like that, what would be your next big uh, advocacy? So, like, what change would you want to make out there uh, as your next, like, goal? So, I feel like to a lot of people, this seems like a very small thing, um, small change. Uh, but something I have struggled with um, more specifically since coming out and 
since starting testosterone to where um, in public I'm being seen as a male way more often, I'm passing a lot more, mm -hmm. um, is bathrooms. I really wish that more places just automatically had like, you know, a gender neutral bathroom, or even if it's like a single stall bathroom to where like, you know, you only one person can be in the bathroom at a time. Because when I'm out in public, like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And there's, it, especially at my Catholic school where, you know, it was, there was definitely not a, a gender neutral bathroom there. Um, it was hard for me, but I luckily had a teacher who had keys to a uh, faculty bathroom. So she let me use that one. Um, but that was one thing that, that I'd really want to change is just more gender neutral bathrooms because it's, it's when you're out for hours yeah. in a day, you can't just not go to the bathroom. Um, I feel like that, that for me would be, um, yeah, really great. One, one um, kind of quick follow up because so. you brought up a point that I'm not as familiar with because I'm, I'm privileged in the sense that I'm going to go into the, the mm -hmm. gender that I'm assigned, you know, at birth, but how would you out of like 10 places that you visit in a day um how many of those do you actually have a gender neutral bathroom in you know are they in most convenience stores and various things today or are they not um i have found that big corporation stores like target they have like a family bathroom okay. uh smaller places not typically um but something that I found, I think that I got the information from my transgender clinic here, um, was a website, an app called, I think it's called Restroom Refuge, where you just put your location in and it gives you a list of gender neutral bathrooms wow. in your area, um, which is great. Um, but I really, I don't know that many places um, What at my work my work we have two bathrooms one male one female bathroom but they're single stall so i'm lucky enough that i don't really have to worry about that at my other job um which is my one of my dad's restaurants they have gender neutral bathrooms um you know you just one person goes in at a time and everything like that and that's how it's been for years but other than that i really don't see it that often which um kind of sucks because yeah you know there's a lot of people out there that um they don't feel safe using either or yeah because that's kind of where i am right now and have been for a while like my sophomore year i went to a wedding and there was not a gender neutral bathroom i was in you know dress pants and a dress shirt and everything like that i was like well i can't go to the female restroom but i'm also terrified to go into the male's restroom because it was with a side of the family that's yeah would not have been very supportive so like i had to have my dad come with me and stand guard at the door to make sure no one came in and everything um yeah so it's very stressful when out in public well i, I appreciate you educating me on that because like i said that's something that mm -hmm. i obviously don't run across but is something that you know the more people out there that are informed because you just informed me about some things i didn't know um and yeah. i'll actually one of the things i will do is post uh, a resource on our uh, page with that app because mm -hmm. I, I had never heard of that but that's yeah. that's really um, an awesome thing for for a resource so thank you for that um, 
All right. Well, it has been such a pleasure uh, to have you on our show. Um, it's been, like I said, it's been great watching you grow over the past year because I've, I've been watching you. I know Thank it's kind of creepy, this Weathering Rainbows podcast guy watching you know, <laughs> for your whole school year. But but Amy told me how much fun she had with Harry Styles with you. And I was like, well, I got I feel left out. So I've clearly got to be friends with this person. <laughs> yeah. so. But I do thank you for coming on our show. And thank you again for everything you've done thank at your you school. Thank you for having me. So thank you. See you. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. Don't forget to come on back now. I know we all love a little vibration, so if you're not already, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. And we will surprise you on occasion with a new release vibration in your pocket. But in the meantime, if you find yourself alone or crossing new horizons along the rainbow trail and you need a friend or even a laugh, to get you through those dark and stormy nights. Holler on out to us at www.weatheringrainbows.com where you can find shelter in the blogs, videos, and other episodes that will hopefully keep you out of a whole heap of trouble. So until next time, y'all, giddy up, be true to yourself, and make the best of life. And wherever the wild tracks may lead you, may the rainbow Always touch your shoulder.